Hello, Cincinnati. I'm the Gnarly Gnome, which means this is Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. It's volume five, episode one, and we're selfieing, I think. There we go. <laughs> not a distraction while we're trying to start the show or anything yeah you've been selfish <laughs> you're busy don't worry about it we it's almost a year to the day since we were here last um uh, i don't know the episode number because i don't have my notes pulled up but it was 13 um it was uh <laughs> i think it was like volume three episode 30 something yeah, if something i'm right but um like i said almost a year to the day queen city brewery of cincinnati um things have uh, I think settled down a little bit since the last time we were here for you guys. I don't hear the hatred that was kind of hatred? Uh, <laughs> people hate us at the beginning there. I feel like people have kind of started to finally understand what this place is about and come out here and try it and try the beer and are starting to get it. Um, this is a nano brewery at its finest. It, uh, it, represents kind of the neighborhood thing extremely well in an area that isn't really a neighborhood necessarily. Like there's a lot of people that just kind of work over here and then go home and um, that's shifted and changed a lot since you guys have, uh, have opened your doors and Mm -hmm. got some uh, other breweries as neighbors and stuff. Right. (laughs) So Jason, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having Uh, me. Andy Foltz as the uh, special guest co-host again i need to find a clever title for that or something but uh welcome back thank you thank you good um, to be here let's uh talk about what we're drinking first because you know that's From how we beer roll. Fridge. Um, we'll drink some more beer in a minute too but yeah. um i'm really 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 digging this beer um this You're is welcome. the uh <laughs> what is this called it's called it's, ikutayuk it's wh- our uh, imperial red uh you're gonna have to explain the name a little bit yeah so <laughs> So at one point, you know, from, you know, you've been with us for a while and, uh, you know, back in when we first started, a lot of our beers are more designed towards, you know, Cincinnati themed, Cincinnati centric or comic book themed. Mm-hmm. Um, but since then we've kind of, or at least I've just taken on a lot of artistic licensing, uh, so to speak, and just kind of putting my own flair on things. Um, so this one, the Kutayok, it's actually a lesson to be learned about how things don't always appear the way that they really are, so to speak. Um, so Kutayok itself, uh, is Inuit. It basically means the one who drills. And there's a huge, okay. there's, a, there's a whole mythos. So it's actually one of the Inuit uh, myth- mythological creatures. Um, but basically, uh, with a Kutayuk, um, you know, living in the uh, Arctic Circle, as you know, you go through your, your freeze and your, your thaw, um, anytime the Inuit would come across, and I hate to say this, it sounds really weird, it sounds morbid, but come across the dead. Whether it's you know people, animals, what, whatever, as they're coming across the dead, they would actually notice that during the thawed seasons, it looked like holes were drilled into the said entity. <laughs> um, so they didn't really have a way of actually understanding that or explaining that. And to their best of their ability, they created a kutayuk, and a kutayuk is again the one who drills, and she has a brother who is nameless, and the brother would actually hold said victim in place, and a kutayuk would drill the holes. Yeah. Um, but basically, it's just, again, it's just their way of trying to interpret and understand their natural environment. And obviously, since you know, science has progressed uh, many, many, many folds since then, we now understand that you know, as things freeze and thaw, that you start to get these little pilloting or uh, drills. Uh, looks like drill holes. Um, so basically, the one that was nameless, her brother, was the ice that held people in place. 
and then a kutayuk is actually just the effect of the ice that has on on the body so again kind of abstract and out there but you know again it, it for me it's always about you know i'm a big believer in science and, uh-huh. and all those other fun things but you know for me it's like you know sometimes it's hard to explain you know what we come across every day and we always want to put uh, a name to it um, or some sort of understanding and then later down the road we realize oh no we were actually completely wrong and science actually explains everything right damn it <laughs> damn it science <laughs> Tell me about the beer. It's an imperial red ale, but not so imperial that it's going to blow your socks off and uh, ruin your night. It's yeah. still really drinkable. It's uh, Well, it, it fits with their lineup. Mm-hmm. It, you know, when you come to Queen City, this is one of the reasons that I like the brewery, because I don't live very close, but I feel like I can drink two or three beers here and not be, you know, paired. Right. Because... Mm-hmm. The ABVs tend to be a little more sessionable. You know, we we took a vote when I worked at BCs. We took a vote one day, and anything under eight percent is sessionable. <laughs> so I, I think everybody voted, at the everybody at the bar on the voted show yes. one time, and anything is sessionable. Yeah. If you put your mind to it. <laughs> Every pizza is a personal pizza. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you yeah, try yeah. hard enough. But but that is a, a fact, and that's something that a lot of people that I've brought here because I bring some of my friends up from Kentucky. You've met mm-hmm. some of my friends. And they say, you know, I feel like I can go there and kind of start my day there and then work my way back to Kentucky. And so it's it's kind of a draw to come here and to be able to say I can have multiple beers. So when you look at an an Imperial and it's still less than 8%, you know, yeah, I'm not afraid to have that and another beer. There still is like a little bit of like a boozy note to it that I think kind of plays up with that sweetness a little bit. Right. Definitely still a red ale. It doesn't come into the red IPA kind of category, which right. there, there's a, a lot of those that people call red ales that are just so hoppy that it's like, really? Like, this, right. is, this is not, you know, what I was expecting. And, right. Um, this is exactly when you read, you know, Imperial Red Ale, this is exactly what I was anticipating. And right. it, it, it nails it. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, yeah. Like I said, and or, you know, and, and even as um, Andy kind of pointed out, you know, for us, you know, we always try to put or present stuff in, in fashions that are agreeable, uh, you can have multiple of, um, it's also full of flavor still. Um, I'm not trying to have people drink so many beers that are super high ABV that they're, they're walking out of our place and falling face first, because right. I know that you know it, a lot of people that do come see us, they are coming from far places. Like, you know, Andy's coming all the way from you know, Kentucky, we have other people, uh, not that they come regularly from Michigan, but we do have visitors from Michigan, you know, that want to tour the other breweries. And, and, and like if they're that. from Michigan, we want them to go home <laughs> immediately <laughs> afterwards. Like, get the hell out of Ohio. Thanks for your business. Go back, go back where home. you belong. <laughs> no, they, they, they really, so I know we have our gripe with uh, Michigan people, uh, but man, I no, I know. <laughs> I'll I know, take but, anybody's uh, money. I yeah. don't care. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, they, it, what's nice about when we get those travelers coming through and they have our beers like man what's great about this is that this reminds us of breweries that we have in michigan like right. the small community community style breweries you know yeah there's sometimes we do stuff that's a little bit over the top um i know i'm not sure if you had it or not i know you have it but like you know around halloween we had our eddie quist and as our you know chocolate peanut butter style right. i mean that one yeah that one was just off the charts in terms of flavor back end flavor was like reese's peanut butter cup i mean it's so delicious yeah. and good and over the top and and of course, you know, I'm using you know real peanut butter in there and the cocoa nibs, 
but for the most part with my beers, it's four ingredients. You know, I try to keep it true to that style, um, and I just try to play with it because there's so much you can do with a beer just using those those four ingredients. Well, this is also to me, and I know that this is not really what this is, but the you know this brewery to me feels like. The, the the happy hour kind of place the place after work you want to you know come with a couple people that you work with grab a beer hang out for a little bit you know kind of delay going home yeah. <laughs> you know, avoid like the traffic and you don't always want some kind of massive beer in that situation either right. and and I think that this fits that kind of mold very well you know yes. the, be it location be it the beers that are on tap just everything about it the just the 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 building itself the spaces you know it's just it. It personifies that again that that nano brewery thing that 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 small kind of tap room that um, it's just, it just it it fits perfectly. I <laughs> I, I love it. it uh, um, everybody keeps saying that this new trend or not even a trend this this thing we're going to see is smaller breweries. You're going to see more and more smaller breweries, and then it just keeps not happening. You keep seeing places opening up with thirty barrel brew houses, twenty barrel brew like these big places that have full kitchens and this 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 big idea behind them which is great and i love that mm-hmm. but a city like cincinnati needs more places like this yeah, that, yeah. that fill and these little holes and these yeah and, and i agree and, and you know not for nothing i mean I, people often ask hey wh- who like what do you think about this brewery what do you think about that brewery? and you know what we have nothing but love for everybody that's opening up in cincinnati everybody that's already opened or the people that even paved the way for other breweries to open um but you know everything else that's that's out there and i'm sure you know you're reading the same stuff too than i am that it seems to be like every study that they're doing, all the research they're doing is kind of uh, lending itself to your point where, you know, they're saying that it's going to be the really big guys that are going to succeed and it's going to be the really small guys that are going to succeed. And the guys are in the middle. It's it's going to be interesting to see what kind of happens. Um, I hope that everybody succeeds, but I do agree. I feel like a lot of places, they just want to open up really large. They want to have their kitchens. You know, they want to have, you know, event spaces, everything along those lines. But then, you know, I ask the the consumer, what are you losing when that happens? You know, and I love when I hear a new brewery open and I love when people are talking about, you know, oh, you know, I went there and their beer was awesome. I'm like, great. Like, as soon as I can segue out of my day job and get a little more free time on my hands, I would love to go check them out. Right. Um, But what... And not for nothing, what we notice or what I've noticed when I start following breweries and I look at reviews and all this other stuff because I am that kind of nerd, um, a lot of people look at or, or what they're talking about is like, oh, you know, this place had great pulled pork or this place has great food or this place has great bands or this place this. And it's like, what about the beer? I think we're I've, losing sight of the beer. I've made that comment about a few breweries where this is what impressed me, but I always follow it with but it should have been the beer or I wish it was the beer. And I understand, you know, everybody's here to make money. Everybody's in business. You got bills to pay. I get all that. And so I'm not disparaging anybody's approach, but I've also said, and you've heard me say this for over a year now, the success model is the neighborhood bar that brews their own beer. That's the success model. And going forward, unless you've got mega bucks behind you, and we, we have room when people talk about, oh, we're tapped out on breweries. Go with that model. We have so many neighborhoods. Yeah. Could, we're not you even could close. Put, yeah, no, not you, even. Could, you could put 10 of them in Covington. Right. Just in Covington. You could right. put 10 of them in Hamilton. Yep. Potentially. 
you know? Well, you know, this is the perfect example of it. When you guys open your doors, people, oh, Blue Ash, and, you know, again, the same thing I say, you know, people just work there. Nobody goes and hangs out there. You don't have, like, people walking around and wanting a place mm. to go sit down and have a beer. It's, it's not going to work. And here we are. And there's three breweries, all very great breweries with very different personalities mm-hmm. that are that are doing great, you know, yeah. that that sustain in this little um, this this little pocket, this little community. I mean, there there aren't actually a lot of areas like Blue Ash that have breweries that close right. together that are you know. And and you know what, like that's what I actually love about it is that you know you've got us, you know, like we're the the little guys, you know, we're just really focused on small batch craft, giving back community, all this other stuff. And I know other breweries are doing that as well right. in terms of giving back communities. But then like you go down about a mile down the road and you got you got fretboard that does have like a great event space and everything and it is a very different personality. Um, a different feel and then yeah you've got March 1st also very different I think it's so awesome to have three very diverse breweries in that in that little tight community Um, and it's just really helped I feel like um, all three of us you know because nine times out of ten you know people coming out this way we ask them hey what are you doing out here oh we're going to hit you guys we're going to hit fretboard we're going to hit March 1st and it's always in that trifecta and then it's also nice you definitely get three different feels oh yeah and what I love though and and it doesn't happen a lot, I mean, obviously, with everybody. But, I mean, when, let's say, we're their first stop, and then they hit everybody else, and then they're coming back to us before they head home. And they're like, well, like, crap. Like, we just saw you, like, three hours ago. What, like, what are you doing back? Like, well, we just want to grab one more of your beers before we head home or grab a growler before we head home or right. this or that. So, I mean, it's very cyclical, you know, and, and it's just great, you know. Or when fretboard, you know, they're done um, – with whatever event they've got going on and the people are heading home, like, oh, before we head home, let's let's check out one more brewery. Right. And they'll swing over here or vice versa. Like, you know, tonight we've got an event at 9, and then tomorrow we have Blueprint uh, coming back in. They were here last month. And I almost feel like it's going to be the same thing. Like, when Blueprint's done tomorrow night, um, people, before they head home, they're probably like, hey. Or the other night for people listening on the, the podcast. Oh, yeah. yeah we're yeah. in the future right now. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Today's Friday, tomorrow's Saturday. It'll be on Mondays when the show posts, yeah. so you missed so you, it. So you should have came out. <laughs> uh, it was awesome. It was great. Yeah. It was the best time ever. Yeah, Friday was the best day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Does Because you are so close to places like Fretboard and March 1st, who are very different than you, does that help kind of not even steer you but keep you on some kind of track of who you are and, and you don't have to be this and you don't have to be this and you don't have to have this or that oh yeah because there's this other place right there that does and yeah and yeah to a degree i mean I, I feel like it's it's more than just um fretboard and march first i think it's just the breweries in cincinnati in general like we kind of look at what everybody does and and you know i think well you even not necessarily on the um uh like stealing like ip or anything like right. that from people um, but it's it's really cool because I can kind of see like okay what are these breweries doing what's successful for them are these things that I want to adopt are these things that I don't want to adopt how am I going to really forge our identity and I feel like you know it's taken us a little bit to really find our groove of who we are as a brewery um, you know from year one to year two very distinct differences and even moving forward so far in our third year even more differences than year two which and, by the way happy anniversary oh Thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Um, So for us, you know, as we're trying to find our our identity, which I think, like I said, we've been doing a much better job of really figuring that out. And I think is a little bit longer of a road for us. I mean, let's let's face facts. Money helps you find your identity a lot faster. 
Um, I don't. I don't know that that's necessarily true, though. I think turns, that there is. There's also a danger there if you've got that power just to do it right now and do this and right. do that. No, absolutely. You, you but sometimes you so, don't have time to think about it as well, much so as you like, should. I, I would argue that, contrary to that point, <laughs> by having the funds supporting you, right? There's a lot more that you can do. Um, like whether it's through your merchandise, marketing, all those other things. Like, and we just don't have that. You know, we started right. on our own. We didn't have any investors. Um, we just kind of piecemealed everything together because we were just really passionate about doing this and just, just really being a like almost to your point, like a, a community spot. You know, um, so yeah. So like to to a certain degree, I, I feel like money is a, is a is an influencer. Um, but so like yeah. So it took us a little bit longer to really find our way and in, in our identity. And really discern, okay, how are we going to be different? And I always get that question. How are you guys going to be different? How are you going to be different? And not for nothing, I hate to say it this way, but I think it really boils down to just not giving a fuck. I mean, when people release stuff, or like, for example, I mean, you guys might see stuff that we post on Facebook. You know, like whether we, like, I mean, not that we were the first. I don't even know if we were the first. But, you know, with our cereal beers that we did. We got, like, no notoriety. No let's, one even noticed. Let's not talk about who's first on anything this week after. <laughs> well, no, no, no but, I, but I'm just saying. It's like, you know, there, there's stuff that, and uh, I, I know your point there. But, like, no, there's things that we've done. And then, you know, other people adopt it or they get the notoriety or they right. get recognition for it. And in year one, if you asked me if it bothered me, i said, say, yeah, it fucking bothers me. But now I don't I, care, you know, right. because, one, there's probably things that we're doing that other breweries have done and there's going to be things that we're going to do that other breweries are going to do. And it's really just, that's just a, like this just reaffirms that, okay, what our idea was, was a good idea. I had almost (coughs) the same exact conversation the other night with another brewery in town that I'll, I'll leave kind of unnamed, but uh, they were upset about, and it's not with the Rivertown Braxton thing. It's a whole different topic, but um, they were like, you know, I, I, I get the frustration that's coming from a place like Rivertown or March 1st or whoever it is that, you know, we, we did this and now somebody else is coming in and doing it really big and everybody sees that. And my point was, Somebody has done everything before yeah. you. Yeah, I mean this well, this whole I, this gonna, whole model is is a brewery is nothing new. Beer is nothing new at this point. I don't think any other Cincinnati brewery has named a beer after an Inuit folk tale. <laughs> I don't before. think so either. But it also wouldn't surprise me. And, and I'm it also would, it would surprise me. Uh, actually, but but. but but the, the 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 point is there that <laughs> nothing can there is no f- no there is no first anymore it yeah. doesn't none of it's, that none of that matters at all yeah. you just you know put the blinders on and do your thing and, yeah. and and stick to who you are and keep figuring out who you are better yeah. and better you know we were at Mount Carmel last week and I think that they today know wow. more about who they are than they ever have before yes and they've been around forever yeah. and they're still figuring that out oh, yeah. and that you know and and have adapted and yeah. they have adapted over the years and that's something else that you know I think a lot of people get an idea in their head and it's easier for them to say this brewery is this or it is that and breweries change just yeah. like that's every other business that's because half you the have to. It. Yeah, it's constantly and as, you, as a drinker like that's that's right. what ties me into a place a place that I can, I show up the opening weekend and the beer's okay but it's not great mm-hmm. the space isn't really done yet but the pulled pork was but, wonderful <laughs> <laughs> but you know over time you watch how that changes and you watch how it develops and you 
you become part of that story and you you feel invested in what yeah. this place becomes and how it how it grows and how it shifts yeah. and and you know there's to, power to that and to that point you know i actually find it aggravating when when some not necessarily here when i'm talking to people like when i'm out and about if whether i'm doing my day job or you know i am trying to promote something for the brewery and i talk to people I'm like, hey, did you check out this brewery? And they're like, oh, well, yeah, I went there, but I really wasn't a fan of their beer. I was like, yeah, but they just opened. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, go back three months. Go back mm-hmm. in six months. Go back in a year. Like, because it's, like, to your point, it's, it's always going to be evolving. And, I mean, as we know, as a lot of these breweries are opening, I mean, if they're going from a home brew, 5, 10, 15, or even if they do brew a half barrel at home, and then they ramp up to a 20 barrel, there's going to be differences and they're going to have to figure it out. And I always give them time. I mean, you know, like even, you know, last night, um, it's a brewery that's been around in Cincinnati for a while. And I bought one of their six packs off the shelf and I cracked it and I took a sip. I turned to my neighbor because we were playing, uh, wow, what the hell is that game called? I don't know, but it's a strategy game anyway. It doesn't matter. But so we're playing a game or anything. Risk. That's the only oh, I would strategy love game to play I Risk. I've been trying to get them to play Risk, and they won't risk, play Risk no, with me. Risk ruins friendships. I know Absolutely it does. Not. Absolutely I not. I played Risk with my wife one I mean, time. Oh, jeez. Yeah, you guys are so married. Is yeah. that why she's... We never finished the game, but... Uh, yeah, uh, well, that's probably good, because it might have finished your marriage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, here I am. I'm sitting there. I'm drinking the beer, and it's a very well-known brewery, and I took a sip. I was like, hey, you know what? It's like, this is just a bad batch. You know, but and I said to him, I was like, does that mean I'm not going to drink this beer again? No. Does that right. mean I'm never like going to go to that brewery? No. Like, there's going to be yeah. those ebbs and flows, and some batch is going to be better than others, and everything along those lines. And yeah. I think that still lends to like the 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 joy of just wanting to go and drink the beer. It's like, hey, show me what you did this time. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it, it's so awesome. It does kind of go back to your buddy that was in his garage making beer and like he, he's excited about something you try it and it sucks. And you're right. like, man, that, <laughs> that's terrible. And then like, it, you know, then the next time you're trying something and you know, it's, it's like, it's, it's that, that, that movement in it all. Like if right. that's what, this is not as much as some of these places feel like manufacturing facilities, it's not, this is still a craft right. and it's still something that is, uh, people driven and it's still you know it's it's a living breathing thing and i think Mm -hmm. it's that's that's the fun of it um i agree kind of going back four steps we were talking kind of about um you know defining who you are and and being uh being okay to be who you are because of the things happening around you i you know when i look at beer cities that are probably a little more developed as beer cities than what we are i keep going back to Asheville since i was there a couple weeks ago um (laughs) What I find so interesting about looking at these cities is as they grow and as it spreads out and, and develops, it enables like these really fun ideas to then kind of sp- happen, you know, be it a, an all Belgian brewery or an all sour brewery right. or things like that that can happen in a city that has other things around it. Mm-hmm. Versus one that doesn't, you don't have that ability. And, right. um, when you have these small pockets like this with several breweries, it enables fun ideas to kind of spring up. And oh yeah, and and I just love the fact that like you know we do get customers coming in. It's like, hey, are we going to do a sour? And I'm like, well, actually, here, no. I mean, I got <laughs> not on purpose. Not on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> not on purpose. <laughs> that's your but best it, answer. But you know, it's like I got a three barrel system. You know, I, I really can't risk anything going on or going yeah. wrong back there. But however, right. I'm like, you have an awesome sour brewery in Northside, right? And 
you know, not, not for nothing, like that, that's their There's, specialty, you know? Right. And, 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 well, I, and I try and to filter people that way. Like, Hey, if you, know, you love street sours, side makes great. Yes. Yeah, street side, as well. you got yeah. urban artifacts, street side. Um, I've been impressed lately with, with Rangai's sour program too. That tangerine oh, that, beans. Is that new sour program they have. Away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that new sour program they have has been outstanding. Yeah. They have yet to miss on that. If anybody hasn't tried it. The, the outer reaches series. The outer reaches mm-hmm. series. Thank you. If anybody hasn't tried that in your sours, you're missing out. Yeah. Despite yourself. the fact that everybody says Rangai's only makes pale ales and IPAs, their sour program is Rang- Rangai's, on point. I will, you know, I got to be honest. Like, you know, um, it had been a long time since I've been uh, back to Rangai's just with everything going on. And, you know, my girlfriend and I went down there to attend the local growers, you know, check out the green growers, the hop growers, anything like that. And that was my first time in their tap room probably in like three or four years. And when I went in there, like I was not disappointed yeah. in their beer lineup, you know, and, and you hear things in the industry, like people always like, oh, you know, all this, blah, 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 this about Ryan guys. Like, you know what? Like, give them a shot, man. You like know, they, they got some solid <laughs> programs that are going, like you guys mentioned their sour program, right. solid stuff going yeah, on there. And I just talked to a gentleman and, you know, we can probably talk about this a little bit more a little, uh, later, but when I was at the building blocks for kids um, event, you know, he's a brewer from Ryan guys and him and I were just spitballing. And it was like, it was awesome because here's a guy who is in an industry where, you know, obviously they're a little bit more into manufacturing and distribution, but being able to, to pick his brain about stuff and then him actually coming back and being able to pick my brain on stuff. And, you know, he just really enjoying the beers that we brought to that event. I mean, to right. me, like that was huge. Like that's awesome to make that connection, you know. And, and the thing that people miss about that is the fact that they pump out enough of their beers that you're familiar with, truths you know, Andromeda right now enables them to do the other cool right, stuff. Right, exactly. So more truth you buy, the more cool stuff they can. Yeah. And you're, you know, you're hurting yourself if you're trying to protest this and say they only do that. Well, if you stop buying that, then you can't do cool stuff that I like. So you all keep buying the truth. Right. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, so let's, let's dig into some of these other beers and we'll talk. You um, talked about kind of, Figuring out who you are, and there's some new branding going on, some some yeah, ideas there. Who so, am I? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, what do we have here? We don't have time for that, Jason. You know what he poured you, so I'm assuming right, that's they're, overpopulated. They're this is definitely the Belgian. Yeah, he went. This is one through four. Okay. I see now. So I stole the oh, I stole perfect, the red perfect. off this one because you've already fine. had that. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, so where do you want me to start? Wherever you like, buddy. Your <laughs> we'll, show. We'll start here then. <laughs> you. Uh, they, so they this named is it the and everything. Sea Town Stout. That's a Sea Town. So Sea um, Town is an interesting one. Back in year one, I did a Sea Town. Right. Um, that's actually a plug for my girlfriend. Uh, my buddy and I, when she used to work at another uh, bar restaurant, it was called Butt Shack over in uh, Green Hills. It was very a barbecue familiar. place. Yeah. And they moved into Fairfield. Moved to Fairfield, yeah. Um, and for whatever reason, me and my buddy Mike, uh, we just started calling her Sea Town. And of course, when we opened, she's like, well, you're going to name a beer after me, right? I was like, oh, shit, how do I do that? <laughs> mm, yeah, let's go with Seatown. That's perfect. <laughs> so, yeah, so basically when we first opened year one, it was just a cinnamon stout. It wasn't very uh, overbearing or anything along those lines. And then last year, <clears throat> I took that same recipe, and I actually added the Cinnamon Toast Crunch. That became our Seatown uh, Crunch Stout. And then this time around, I actually did a little bit with some Cinnabon in there. Oh, 
So just to enhance some of those cinnamon flavors, really kind of round out that beer a little bit. And to be honest, the next time I do that, I'm probably going to do a little, uh, maybe a little marshmallow fluff in there. Just I add get, some sugar. I get like a little bit of a vanilla thing going on, and I feel like okay, if that yeah. was upped a little bit, it would be, um, it would be like a cinnamon. Yeah, bottle. exactly. <laughs> but the, the marshmallow would, <coughs> that would definitely really fill in on that. Yeah. Yeah, once you, you shouldn't have said that while I was drinking. Yeah, because now I'm, bitch, I'm like, damn, now I missed the marshmallow. <laughs> yeah. It's, but it's never know, even been there. But. Yeah, but for me, is you know, it's just about you know putting beer out there. Um, again, we're we're kind of just telling people that it was brewed with some cinnamon, um, but really it's just still just a cinnamon stout. So the next time I do that, I am going to do more of a specialty version of it, probably a little bit higher ABV, and like I said, really make it like a true cinnamon. Well, it's, what I like is that the cinnamon isn't over the top. It's right. not overpowering. I feel like sometimes places like to kind of, if they're going to put something in there, go, ramp go crazy with it. Yeah. So that's all you taste. And it's like, here it is. Yep. And it's yep. like, look what we made. And it's like, well, yeah, but where's the beer? You know, right. this is this is still a beer front and center. And you and talked about you know. the, the four ingredients is most what you, I, and I, that's what I love about it. It's yeah. It's still yeah. a beer. Yep. And not that, not that I don't like some of those over the top things every once in a while. That's oh, yeah. fine too. But yeah. well, and, but see and, again like and that it depends. That, yeah. Because some of those flavors are so strong that when you go over the top, it could kill it. Yeah. It so kills for example, your, it kills your palate for the day. I'm actually a huge fan of Left Hand Stout. I yes. was not a fan of their Left Hand. Was it their Milk Chai Stout that they? I did? didn't try it. Was that. A chai. Good. <laughs> it was. And I thought it was going to be really good, but the chai flavor in there was so over the top that I was like, I can't do this. And I literally had to they, put the beer down. They did a really nice job with the cherry yes. in that series. That was yes. A few cherry beers that was done. Yes. Um, so I was at a kind of going off topic a little bit, going back to Rheingeist, I was at there. They do that Brew Academy series. Um, and I was at a beer and cheese pairing event. And. Um, they were talking about you know kind of you know how to taste, and you've you've heard that whole spiel plenty of times. But um, in the middle of it, he kind of gave gave this little quip of you know when you go in to start smelling your beer, it's like don't dive in. Like you know you see everybody grab a glass and shove their nose right in it. It's like don't do that. Yeah. Because you don't know how powerful it's going to be. Like yeah. you you might just blow everything out for yourself for the rest of the evening because it's it is loaded with chai or whatever it is. Right. That's like an you gotta, point. I never yeah. thought about that. Excellent that's, point. That's always my first instinct Same. too. When somebody hands me yeah. a beer to smell, it's, I'm going right in there, right yep. off the bat. Yep. Exactly. And you know that, not that that's gonna ruin your night or something. But <laughs> if I, you're really trying to sit there and try stuff, and you wanna, you wanna smell something else after that, um, you might get a nose full of chai. That that's all you can uh, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, blow everything stuck. out. So yeah. and and so much of. Taste comes from smell. Yep. That that's an excellent point that I hadn't thought of. Yeah, I mean, right. yeah, and I'm a, I'm a huge uh, victim of that. I guess I could yeah. say because any time I do go out and I get that beer, like to your point, it's my nose is in it first, uh-huh. right? Yep. And then next thing I know, when I go to get the second beer, it's like uh, I'm not really smelling maybe what I should be smelling, right. and it is throwing off my palate yeah. a little bit. He's not telling everybody though that the second beer for him is just a straight Kolsch. So <laughs> like, don't you. don't tell anybody, don't tell him that it's not supposed to have a real strong smell. <laughs> so um, I stopped into Sonder the other day, and they've got a beer on route called the the Midwesterner. Okay, that's a dry hopped yes. Kolsch. Um, I don't know if you've gotten a chance to try it. I have it yet. tried that. Yes blew my mind of what you could kind of do with a Kolsch and some of the fun things not to mention how crazy that hop is but um, yeah. uh, so some Kolsch's have some aroma to them <laughs> <laughs> that, that is yeah <laughs> um, 
what's next here? What is this one? This is uh, so that's the Bengal Bee variant. Mm-hmm. So we used to have the um, the Bengal Bee has always been like one of our staples. Yeah, yeah. I just changed it a little bit. Um, we actually did have that at Building Blocks for Kids when we did that event, which was great. Talk about that a little bit. Oh man, it was such it was awesome. So like last year, you know, we partnered with Building Blocks for Kids. Um, you know, we did some uh, donations for their silent auction at uh, their uh, main gala. And then uh, back in June, we also did an event here for him where uh, I did that beer release where I did the Why So Cereal um, IPA that actually had the uh, Captain Crunchberry in it. Um, and then from there, uh, well, actually that same day, we also did the Shade the Brewer. We had so many events. So I actually went from a huge-ass beard to clean-shaven, <laughs> and I was like, what the hell did I just do? You, you look a little more like yourself now. Yeah. A little, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, my girlfriend actually gave me the green light to grow it back, and I was like, whoa, wait a minute. What would you say? And then I realized, don't when she says go, don't don't question it. <laughs> so she's like, yeah, maybe I don't want you to grow it. I was like, no, oh, no, you said grow it. You said grow it. No, no, it's too you, late. You I look, started. You look a little more like yourself yeah, these yeah, days. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, I mean, they're a great organization. I mean, basically what they do is they just provide uh, funding you know, for parents that need that additional help, you know, may, they might have kids that have some sort of uh, impairment, you know, whether they need a surgery or they need special equipment or need special classes or transportation. Um, you know, it just kind of ties back everything, kind of ties everything back to my heart. You know, I grew up in New Jersey and there's just so many different parts of my life back there that kind of ties into what they do. Right. Um, one, my sister, uh, I won't, Jennifer, I won't tell him your name. <laughs> but my older sister Your secret safe with us Jen <laughs> <laughs> but you know she's on the board of education um, out in a, in a town in New Jersey and she actually does at risk placement for children with like behavioral issues or learning disabilities and everything along those lines um, my other sister uh, I won't say her name uh, once when we um uh, so for her, she actually had some learning disabilities growing up. I mean, it was nothing crazy. I mean, she was a little, little bit slower to learn, like, how to do math and stuff. Um, and then late, later in life, when I started working at a hockey rink, um, there's so many kids that came through, and all I wanted to do is just try to help them out, you know, get them to the next level, provide them with, like, of course, when it comes to hockey, there is a level of discipline. Um, but also just kind of teach them how to just, you know, deal with life. Right. Um, and it's funny because I had a meeting with Building Blocks for Kids last year, and they asked, like, well, what was, like, a moment in your life that really stands out? And for me, it's really funny because, like, going way back in time, I was a skate guard, you know, skating around the rink with the kids. And I just remember seeing this little boy out there, and, you know, he's learning how to skate. He's kind of fumbling around. And, you know, when it came time to do our game session for the parties, um, we had this one game called Crazy Skater. And we just put a crazy song on. The kids just skate around acting all goofy. And I just remember still just watching him. It's like, man, he's just really trying so hard. And he's busting his ass out there just to get around the rink one time. Mm-hmm. So at the end of that party or at the end of the game session, um, we had these passes to hand out for kids to come back. Um, so I just kind of singled him out. I was like, hey, buddy, like, you know, you win. Crazy skater. Here's your pass. Blah, blah, blah. And then it was two weeks later. Uh, he came back with his mom and a, and a group of his friends, and I saw him on the rink. I said hi to him and everything, gave him a high five. And then his mom pulled me off to the side, and she's like, you have no idea what kind of impact you had on his life. I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, well, he has autism, and no, like he had no friends. Like He wouldn't t- open up to anybody or talk to anybody, but when you gave him that pass, 
because he won Crazy Skater, she's like, you have no idea that that just made his world. So when he went back to class or went back to school on Monday, he was telling all these kids how he won Crazy Skater and all this other stuff. And all of a sudden, these kids started like interacting with him. Now he had these friends. And so they brought him back to skate. And she's like, I've seen so much of a change just from that one moment. And that's when I realized at a young age, man, all it is is just that one moment. Right. It could be just saying hi to somebody, giving someone a smile, or just even helping someone cross the street, whatever it may be. And that's always stuck with me my whole life. Um, so, you know, partnering with Building Blocks has been huge. You know, I mean, yeah, okay, we were their beer sponsor at their last gala, which was an awesome event. Um, but, you know, for me, it's more than that. You know, even when we were at the event, while I'm trying to pour beers out of our jockey box, I'm going on my phone and I'm trying to donate to the kids, you know, just because, like, they need it. You know, they right. need that help. And how can you say no to a child? You know, I can say no to people. Like, adults <laughs> all day. Like, no, man, fuck you, fuck you. But kids, like, you know, they're just so innocent and they just need a shot. They just need an opportunity. And it just kind of really tugs at my heartstrings well, a little bit. Uh, you know, it's yeah. it's really easy with, with adults to look at, you know, things that we've got going wrong and be like, well, that's going wrong because of this, 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 and this. With kids, it's it's not their fault ever. Right. Like, yeah. It's always it's always something that somebody else dealt yeah. them or something that, right. that life dealt them or it whatever or it is. Yeah. Like yeah. It's, exactly. It's never something they did. Yeah. Like, so it's... It, it's um, I'm I'm right there with you. You know, my yeah. uh, we won't get into the family stories, but well, you know, yeah. you know, it's yeah. it's very close to, to to what we do as a family and, and what right. who we are, and uh, um, it's a good cause. It's it it's this other side of craft beer too. It's different mm-hmm. than a lot of other industries. It becomes oh, yeah. part of you know this whole idea of being part of a community is not just a, a marketing line that people come up with. Right. Uh, well, I guess it is with some places. But, well, some but places. That's, but that's yeah, another I mean, thing that when I talk about the small brewery being part of the community being the success model it's also being part of the community and doing building blocks for kids is something that ties you to the community here and we can talk about every brewery and and most breweries here or every brewery probably is doing something like that but it it helps you in the long run it's not necessarily why you're doing it of course right but it definitely helps you in the long run and to your point it helps Build the identity, right? Yep. That oh, you're the you're the building blocks brewery, right? You know, and and everybody's got their thing, but I think that this is one of the cooler ones, and and I definitely before the show had said something to Jason about bringing this up because I saw the pictures from the event on Facebook, and I was like, man, I, I wish I was there, yeah. You know, like I'm out doing my thing and and probably working whatever, and I'm I was like, man, this this looks so cool. It looked like they were having fun. Yep. And it's a great cause, and and so, you know, cheers to you for doing that, brother. And uh, yeah, keep and, keep going, man. Keep and, going and, with that. And it doesn't even stop with with them. So we actually kind of surprised uh, Ronald McDonald House this year around the holidays. We did a local toy toy drive here. Um, yeah. For that. And then yeah, we just took all those toys down to Ronald McDonald House, and they're just like, "Are you serious?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And it's just like, "Look, man, like you know, we we know." Like, I mean, I worked with, for companies that did, you know, the uh, Toys for Tots through the Marines, and I think that's an awesome, awesome program. Mm-hmm. But uh, through my day job, you know, we actually donated our time at Ronald McDonald House. And I remember this past year uh, when we went through there to donate our time to help clean up or do whatever they were asking us to do, they actually told us that um, in their basement area, I'm not sure if it's still the same because they're doing some remodeling, but in their basement area, they had like a, a section just filled with like toys and everything for the kids around the holidays. 
And as soon as they said that, I, was, I turned to my girlfriend. I was like, we need to give them more toys. You know, whether it's their parents going through there and just picking out toys or if they had like a secret Santa that dressed up as Santa and just handed out toys. Mm-hmm. I didn't care how it went down. I was like, we just need to get these toys to these kids because you know, it's not just kids that are local. There's kids from all over the country that are coming here, uh, going to Ronald McDonald House. You know, they're getting room and board. But, you know, they're still missing a piece of home. And we're just trying to hope to provide some of that for those those children. Right. So yeah. You but, couldn't get Justin to dress as Santa? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's like he's like that close. I mean, just get the beard. I know, I know. He's there, man. I know, I know. He's we there. Tried. We tried. This is what you get for not being here, Justin. Yeah. <laughs> What's next? So this what is oh, overpopulated. No, no. no. So that's your that's the Witvian. Oh, this is the this is that's the, the Belgian yeah. triple. I tried this one. I which is uh, so I that's in the door, Andy. So that's actually Belgian. Damn right, yeah. I did. That's Belgian for wise woman. What is Wit, it? Witwien. Witwien. Yeah. Tell me, tell me about the beer. Why I'm drinking it, so there's not silence. Yeah. So the beer, of course, Belgian triple. So of course, you get your banana notes in there. A little bit more of a sweetness. Um, in terms of the Belgian triple, it's a little bit lower in ABV, but it still falls within the guidelines of the triple. Uh, so it's about you know around seven and a half on there. Um, but that was just something that just kind of came to me because actually working with our uh, grains and uh, yeast suppliers, I was like, you know, I'm just kind of getting a little antsy. Like I want to do something outside the realm of just, you know, our regular ales and some of our lagers, um, which in reality for us to do lagers and to do a Belgian triple, that's actually, it's not very efficient of right. us. <laughs> uh, three barrel system. It's got to mm-hmm. age. It has to hang out back there for a while. Uh, so it does take up some realty for us, uh, real estate rather. But uh, but well, yeah, the, well worth it. Thank you. It's it super estery. Like it's yes. I'm not the biggest like Belgian nut. I've talked about mm-hmm. that on the show lots. <laughs> I I don't I don't love that Belgian yeast thing, but it's it's good. Like I don't. It, it's almost like it's not super high ABV. There would say what mm-hmm. seven and a half. Seven and a half. Um, so you don't get some of that alcohol burn. So maybe that's. Also, part of what I don't typically like about like about Belgians is that yeasty kind of estery thing with the high. Al- I, I don't know what it is, the but like and, I, this is enjoyable. I, There's some sweetness there I, that I and like. I love the Belgian styles, and I love that Belgian yeast flavor. And the first time I tried that when I was here last time, I was like, "Holy shit, you nailed this!" And I looked up and went. 7.5 and, and I was thinking that it should be stronger but it doesn't give that booziness that a lot of mm-hmm. triples have which I, I appreciate that being said I think this is dangerous yeah, because 7.5 is despite what research says it's not super <laughs> sessionable <laughs> and I feel like this goes down really like really yes, smooth it does. and yeah. quickly no, it, it absolutely does and that's another thing I appreciated about it but I believe last time I did switch off of that after after one or two yeah to go something lower yeah because uh, you know i'm responsible for everybody out there <laughs> listening but but it was definitely something that with my taste and my preference for belgian styles that i very much appreciated and so you know when i walked in today i was like oh yeah that's what i want yeah. Yeah. and that's yeah, why right I, that's why it. i pushed it to you too right. because i knew that it would still hit your palate it's it's different than anything else that i think i've tried around town which is which is a hard thing to accomplish now it's easy to to come up with a really crazy inuit name and be different that way yep but like to create a to create a beer that is is really something different is is increasingly harder and harder and harder this is definitely 
Familiar but different. That's a great way to put it. It's Familiar but different, and it's definitely worth. How long is that one going to be on? You still have some more back there. We have a little bit left. So Hopefully, probably it'll be on long enough for the sun to come out and warm up outside because <laughs> yeah. this is a this is a patio beer to me. Oh yes. yeah, it definitely a patio beer. But uh, anybody that's listening, if you haven't tried it and you're into Belgians at all, you need to get up here and try it. And yeah, I think we're going to have enjoy uh, maybe three more kegs left of that. Okay, and then it's going to be gone probably until. Next, next year, year. Yeah. okay because i have so many good. beers i have to work through sure <laughs> well. now the other beauty about being a three barrel system holy crap does the does the lineup change yes. it changes it does quickly and often the good thing it and does. the bad thing yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so like actually moving forward in this year i was actually talking to justin and i was like hey like i know i've kind of put off like having just like regular staples um so i really wanted to get a groove i really wanted to see what was going to really take with with our local audience so to speak because, you know, we don't really do too much of distribution. So we really do have to cater to our taproom crowd. And um, so we're kind of like talking about that. And I was like, man, it's like, but just the idea for me, just the idea of having staples irks me because it's like there's there's like I, I definitely understand the, the positives of having staples. Mm-hmm. But what's what's beautiful is everything that we see, like when people comment or they post or they talk to other people. They're like, no, you need to check them out because they always have something different. Right. And and the other thing that's nice, too, is we usually always have at least one beer that'll appease everybody's palate. Um, and that's really the vein that we're trying to go in because we understand where we're at. You know, we're a small brewery in Blue Ash. Um, we do get a lot of people coming in. Like, And if if the, the, the random times I happen to be behind the bar... Uh, which is not often, and I and people come in. I'm like, hey, you know, what do you like to drink? And like, oh, you know, I like Michelob. I'm like, okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> so I always push those folks to the Bengal Bee because that's like the closest thing that we have, and and um, that I would say is is uh, more along the lines of like a a blue moon, but like with balls, so to speak. Well, what I like is even even if you're familiar with a brewery and you you walk in and you know your beer, you know I. You know, there's plenty of people around town that, oh, I, I drink Happy Amber, or I drink Truth, or whatever right. it is. And when they walk into Madry or Rheingeist or whatever it is, that's just what they get. And like that, that I get it, and that's fine. I'm, and they're, they're, there's I, so I many beers. But to push yourself out of that comfort zone, I think, is part of what makes craft beer fun, too, right, is yeah. like coming mm-hmm. in and trying sure. things. And so if you say, oh, I typically drink Happy Amber, like, oh, we don't have that on tap right now. But try this, 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 and this. Right? Yeah, exactly. And like it gets you to kind of push yourself out of that 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 yeah. familiarity that you you, you tend and, to get stuck in sometimes. And what I love doing, I mean, so like we just had an industry meeting. Um, I'm going to say this past Tuesday, and none of you are going to have any idea what day I'm actually talking about. <laughs> but you know, we had I an bet industry. it was a Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> but you no, know, we had an industry meeting, and we're actually at Listerman. And for me, yeah, granted, it's probably been again almost two years since I've even been to Listerman. As soon as I walked in, I said hi to Jason Brewer, and he's like, well, what can I get you? I'm like, whatever you recommend, sir. You know, because, like, I like going to places, and I like getting recommendation from the bartender. Okay, yeah, it might be something I really that, enjoy or that's something. dangerous with him, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he, he hit it, though. He hit it. He, it's well, like he, he did ask. He's going to go heavy, though. He's going to go with, oh, a, yeah. with a big, old... Yeah. Well, well, he did ask. He's like, well, right now, are you in the mood for an IPA? Okay. Like something right. hoppy, something this, something that. I was like, well, let's go hoppy on this one. Because a lot of times you say you pick, and then, you know, you wake up in a parking lot the next morning. <laughs> <and it's> just... <laughs> but it's like, you know, I just really enjoy doing that because, you know, being a brewer, I just really appreciate. I might not like 
all styles, but I appreciate all styles. Sure. And I know what goes into those styles. And I really want people like, hey, tell me what you're enjoying right now. You know, it might not be something I fully enjoy, but like, hey, no, let me get kind of gauge it, you know, right. and, and just go from there. Um, and I, I almost encourage people that when you're doing that, almost like to your point, like, hey, you know, I love Mad True, but all I drink is psychopathy. Like, dude, I guarantee you there's probably five, six, seven other beers on their tap list yes. that you're going to yes. enjoy. Like, right. ask them. Just be like, hey, this is what I normally drink, but surprise me. Right. You know, and I mean, granted, I know not every drinker is going to have that same ideology, so to speak. But I mean, like, just just hit me with whatever you got, man. Right. Yeah. And, and from the bartending side of it, I want to tell people if you're going to do that, at least give a direction because right. if you if you're yeah. sitting there with 36 taps or whatever, and somebody says, "Oh, give me what whatever," that's I feel a like, challenging. <laughs> well, it's very challenging because I feel like I'm on trial here. That if I give you one you don't like, you're gone, and then, you know I'm losing you as a customer, or whatever. But if I know what you typically drink, I can find you something right. Steer you in similar right direction. or even better. if it's not similar. Well, maybe not even better, but different, but close enough right you right. know like can expand your palate maybe without going totally off the track right but if you just say give me what you're drinking well dude you just got a sequench and you're probably <laughs> gonna leave and go what's wrong with this guy if i wanted a margarita i'd order a margarita but you know i'm like that's my kayak beer and right. you know so it, you got to give a little bit of direction oh, for yeah. most for most people. You got to give a little direction. Right now, if you came to me, I would yeah, just know, give me whatever. Different. Yeah. Oh yeah, you you would actually probably get a blend, <laughs> but well, because nice. that's that's another thing that at least I do like to do when I'm on that side of the bar is yeah. uh, mix beers and try to to create even different yeah more flavors yeah. than more diverse. Yeah, exactly. Give people another option, but. It's also a good way to screw with those craft beer geeks that come in and think they know everything. It's oh, I've had everything on here. No, they haven't. Yeah, nope. here you go. If, <laughs> mind if you give if you give me thirty six taps, I've definitely got a thirty seven and probably a thirty eight and thirty nine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Yeah, we used to do some uh, mixing as well. Excellent. And you should. Yeah. And, and you should. And it's great. Actually, it's really funny. Actually, one of our really good uh, customers. He's not here right now. Uh, Big Mike. So I'm going to give yeah. him a shout out. But like the one day. He actually did a pint of all eight beers, <laughs> and he did three oh, of those. Did. And the next thing we knew is just like his night was done. Yeah, <laughs> it's like he said it was really good though. He said it tasted good. At what's on right now? There's a lot of those that I think would go really good together, but there's a couple that I don't know. The, <laughs> the, the you throw a town. cinnamon stout in with. The <laughs> Well, you throw that cinnamon stout in with the bangle bean, and I think you're going to get some interesting flavors. I don't know if it would be good, but it's going to be interesting. interesting. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. Would you top it with the C-Town, or would you do the C-Town as the base? I would go 60-40 bangle bean. Nice. Actually. Good call. Yeah, I think that's... You also, with all of this, probably have to like just close your eyes when you drink it, because it's probably not going to be very pretty. (laughs) Yeah. I'm used to that. <laughs> <laughs> I've been mixing beers for a long time. Listen to these guys over here laughing at shit. I'm talking about mixing beers. Oh, you're talking about beers. Okay, Good I, I got it. Man, I've been doing that for a while. <laughs> Man. Up next, over populated. <laughs> so now we're getting into the uh, the IPA well, well, wait territory. A we, we didn't actually 
discuss Bangleby. Yeah, we kind of skipped it. We were we, in the we, middle we of it. We kind of uh, just jumped over that. We were talking about the building blocks. Uh, tell me the variant for this one. Yeah, so back in the day when I was brewing that bad boy, um, I mean, I still use the same exact hop profile, but before um, I was actually adding in uh, some uh, dried orange peel into it. And yes. to be honest, after drinking that compared to what we had in year one, I'm probably not ever going to do the dried orange peel. Really? The way that I did it. Because I I'll, okay. I'll put it that okay, way. The way okay. that I did it. Okay. Um, so I got some positive responses to that the first time you had it out. Yeah. Yeah. It had. Oh yeah. It killed. In fact, as soon as it went off tap, immediately after we blew out of it, people were like, "When are you bringing it back?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Man, that's really weird because that was going to be a one-off. Like that is going to be a, a space filler to like brew something else to, right. that I really wanted on tap." Um, but I mean, it's it's just a good beer. Like I said before, it, uh, like. When I try to describe it to people, I say it's like a blue moon, but with balls. Um, a little bit heavier of a beer uh, compared to a blue moon. Um, but yeah, this time around, I just took out um, all the dried orange peel. I upped the hop profile just a little bit more and then just changed the grain profile slightly. And it's people, I'm actually getting mixed reviews. Some people are like, oh, I missed the original. But then I get other people, like the new folks coming, like, God damn, like this is just a great beer just to sip on. It's sessionable. You can have multiple of them without a problem, um, and it goes it's, down super smooth. It's definitely smoother and more sessionable. Um, this was one of the times, though, where I, I kind of missed the over-the-top orange a little bit. But as far as drinking multiples of those, mm-hmm. no, right. because that fruit kind of overpowered it, your exactly. taste buds. So I understand where you're at, and I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's one of those beers that I feel like it's really easy to grab that one at the end of the night when you're kind of winding down and you want something that's just really easy to drink. Right. Yeah. But I feel like for me, it's more of like a first beer of the night kind of beer because I feel like there's a lot going on mm-hmm. that can kind of fall yeah. away when you've you're, you, you've blown yourself out with Seatown Stout or whatever right. it is yeah. for the, yeah, for the whole that. night. And yeah. I, um, there's a lot going on in that beer that, mm-hmm. that I think uh, – if you approach it with a with a fresh palate, I think you can find some fun stuff going on. Oh there. yeah, absolutely. It's it's. It, I feel like that's true for a lot of beers around town that people kind of put on as their 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 sessionable thing, or the you know you talked about the people that come in and ask for a Michelob, and you <laughs> have to find something to guide them to. Right. And I feel like that's that does a disservice to the beer almost like it you know it's easy to just call something your gateway beer and right I, I hate yeah. that I hate that term so much because it yeah. it gets people almost to to, to not order it's like oh that's just the gateway one I don't, I don't need that i'm not a gateway drinker i, I know what i'm doing I, you know <laughs> yeah though I, i've seen a lot of people who don't know what they're right. doing. well none of us really <laughs> yeah. do that's the that's the joke yeah. of it all yeah it's you know as, as big of a beer geek as you think you are you're you're you're, you're nowhere yet you're yeah. still just but yeah exactly because every time i sit down with beer people i find that even if it's not a more educated perspective it's a different it's just perspective. Different. it's always like and in different perspective you can still learn what i think people don't realize is beer isn't really just about what's in the glass like there's no. so much more that comes in around no. it the experience and the story and like there's there's so much other things that go on that um you can't understand just from one time sitting on drinking something it's, right you know it's always changing and evolving mm-hmm. going back to the whole story of what we're you know yes. evolution it's real 
Prove it. It exists. <laughs> prove it. No, just follow him on Facebook. He'll prove it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, pretty much. And the earth is not flat, guys. Yeah, guys it's definitely really, really, really square. <laughs> You guys watched the the documentary. I thought on it was Netflix. a dodecahedron. <laughs> oh shit! There you go. Love it. I don't even know how many sides that is. <laughs> Twelve. Yeah. Twelve. Yeah. I know it's more than four because I know yes. those. Yeah. Yeah. Wait to get to the sixty-four sided polygons. That's nuts. That'll blow your mind, bro. What is what is a sixty-four sided? That's polygon. actually the tree of life. You need to follow Nasim Harim on Facebook, brother. <laughs> Platonics. All right. See, and this, this we'll is, move on. This is why. This is why you guys need to come That's up. My to brain Queen. blowing up. This is why you guys need to come up to Queen City because you're gonna get educated. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of quantum get mechanics, yeah. astrophysics there's, going on. There's a lot of science that's going on up here. There's a lot of philosophy that's going on yeah. up here. And then we can talk about beer too, if you and, want. Yeah, and we can talk about beer. And and if Justin's here, you're gonna get educated on Prince. That's right. <laughs> you can learn everything from Inuit folklore to. <laughs> well, m- one of my favorite things when I tell people to come up here, I go. If Justin's working, you're going to hear Prince on the jukebox at some point. And every single time, if I'm not with them, they'll come back and be like, dude, you nailed it. Yep. I was there for like half an hour and he went over and he played Prince. Like, I know. Yep. That's Justin. That's man. just, this is what's going to happen. I'm just telling you. Yep. And they're like, how did you know? Because I've been there, you know, however many times and it's happened every single time. Try to have a little Meanwhile, fun here. in the background, you got Miley Cyrus yeah. right now. We didn't play that. Actually, we didn't play that. We didn't. I kind of like Miley Cyrus. I don't know. I, I just yeah. Jason's over here saying we didn't play that, and he was the last one at the jukebox. That's all I'm saying, guys. Damn it. That's all I'm saying. Talk about the overpopulated. So that's that's a funny beer. Uh, so overpopulated. It's basically just showing people that you can dump a shit ton of hops into a beer, and it's not going to punch you in the back of the throat. Um, and I, I think that just really goes back to our style that we have here is that we're going to give you smooth beers. We're going to give you beers that are very highly palatable. Um, uh, that was probably our bartender <laughs> dropping some glasses in the background. It was. 100% was. <laughs> it absolutely was. Um, Damn, dude, that's really good. Thank you. It's, it's almost like wine-like to me. Like there's like a, like a grapey kind of thing going on. Yeah. It's, that's awesome. Yeah. And it, like for me, like originally, and I hate to say it. It's good. But it, it, in a way, it was going to be like an fu, because it's like you know, so many people come in here is like, oh, we want like hops, 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 and I want to prove to them that well, you can still overlaid in the beer with hops and not have to have the overly bitterness quality going on in there. Because you know what, I want to put the hops on display, and yes, you can get super bitterness out of your hops, but even the bittering hops have so much flavor in yes, them. Right that can lend to the beer and especially when you start marrying them in different layers so, well, can, can you talk about what hops are in there or? I mean I don't know <laughs> I'm not, not going to say anything about the hops I mean it, it's definitely like a mix uh, I believe yeah. I use uh, four different hops in that one um, and it's just yeah I mean I'm not going to give any secrets away <laughs> and tell anybody what hops I use but for example when we're at Building Blocks for Kids we brought this as one of our backup kegs and um, all the guys there are like, oh, we're going to drink you out of whatever you got so we can get this one on tap. I was like, okay, great. So they drank us out of everything just to get that one on tap. And as soon as we tapped it, my God, within 30 minutes, they drank the shit out of it. <laughs> uh, 
you know, and, and like I said, again, like a, a gentleman from another brewery came up to me and he is even drinking. I was like, Jesus Christ, dude, like, what'd you do with this beer? Because I'm expecting mm-hmm. just to like right. get the super bitterness uh, that you normally find right. with IPAs. Well, when you hear the name overpopulated, that's exactly what you're thinking is right. something that's going to dry your mouth out. Yep. And like you said, punch you in the back of the throat. And it does not. No. It has a hell of a lot of flavor to yeah. it. Without all that bitterness, and you know, for people that want to go, it's got 82 IBUs. But you know, I'm not an IBU guy personally. Yeah, it's a measure. But and I'm not necessarily the most bitter IPA guy. West Coast mm-hmm. IPA is just not my thing. But that's well, it's 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 the whole IBU debate. You know, people kind of look and oh, this one has X amount of IBUs. That's that's my beer because I like hops. So the, it's like it doesn't mean I'm anything. anything. All right, so I'm, I'm I'm a baseball guy. And I compare IBUs to RBIs, okay? So 90 RBIs don't mean the same thing as the next guy's 90 RBIs. Right. Now, you use Adam Dunn and Tony Perez as my comparison for this. Tony Perez would hit 90 RBIs every year for the Big Red Machine. thing is, he got 27% of his RBIs or something like that, 7th, 8th, ninth innings. Adam Dunn would drive in 90 RBIs, but a lot of his came on in – Games where there was a five-run spread, up or down. So one guy's doing pressure performance and one guy's not. Mm-hmm. And IBUs to me are the same way. It's where do they come right. from? How are you getting them? Because you can put a bunch of malt in there but it's, it's, and get IBUs, but it's a different kind of it's, bitterness. It's not, it's, it's, not a, it's not a measure of, it's of not anything, a measure, really. It's yeah. not a measure of anything, but it's something that a lot of lazy heads fall back on and go, I just want the best IBUs. Yeah. And as a bartender, that was an immediate eye roll from me. And <laughs> the comeback was, you realize that Guinness, just to use things that people are aware of, uh, Guinness and Zombie Dust have the same IBUs. Mm-hmm. And they're within two mm-hmm. IBUs. And people are like, no, that's bull. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> right, the, look it up. And to kind of to kind of flip it a little bit, you know, there's this that has 82 IBUs. But, and then when I was at Sierra Nevada, right. they had one that was zero IBUs. But still had bitterness to it. But it was it. super bitter yep. because they had right. a bunch of orange peel and a bunch of late exactly. hops, that, you know, dry hopped. And, and, like well, and when you add hops, it makes so much of a difference. Oh, yeah. I mean, anyway, it just, sorry to get sidetracked on that. No, it's, that I mean, that's, that's, thing, that's, that's, I mean, and that's the funny thing is like, you know, we, we talk and like I've talked to other people in the industry and everything like that. I was like, do you put IBUs on your board? Some have stopped. Yes. Some still maintain it. Or some will put like, not necessarily locally, but I've, I've read about and, have seen where instead of putting the actual IBU number, they'll say high, medium, low. I like that. That's I, much better. I, yeah. I, I'm That's actually, better. and I, I've, I've talked about it. I think we actually talked about it the last time I was here too, where I want somebody to just put up a board that tells me the name of your beer and ABV and then maybe like a one or two word thing of a flavor. thing. It's fruity. It's bitter. It's sweet. It's, it's you know, something. That. Because I, I like I'm I, I'm getting to the point where I'm like I, I people right. get these preconceived notions about stuff and just like just yes. let it go and just yeah. drink it just try it. Well, it's funny you say that because uh, again, just kind of uh, tying our last industry meeting uh, into this. You know, I was actually asking around. I was like, well, how do you describe your beers? You know, for us, like you know, I actually create a description. I create a story. We put it on our little menus that we have on the board uh, or the bar and some of the tables. But I was kind of asking. I was like. Is that even really necessary? Like, what is the correct? Try it. <laughs> but, but, but yeah, but it's like in my mind, it's like, what's the correct approach? Like, should I really just be focused more on? Okay, obviously we can't do it on our marquee. We don't have enough letters or space. 
but we are actually going to be changing and putting uh, some additional menus out like uh, on the walk-in fridge for our customers with chalk paint and stuff like that, like everybody else. But it's like, is it going to be more worth our while just to say, hey, it's got notes of citrus, pine, or this? Or do I still go through and create the stories and create the menus and create, you know, I mean, that? I, I, like, I, like, I like being able to read a, like some kind of description about yeah. it. That's fun, too. But when somebody's coming in to order a beer... Yeah, they just want to know right away. Are people walking in and, like, looking at a menu and be like, all right, this is the one I'm going to drink? Right. But I'll or tell you, are they going to try a couple things and, like, figure it out based off of that? And, and I'll tell you this, too, from, again, being on the other side of the bar, because th- this is where a lot of my experience comes from, right? is that if you tell somebody that they're looking for a certain flavor, describe a beer in a certain way, they're going to find it. Right. And, and I stopped doing that because I don't want to give you a preconceived notion about what a beer is going to taste like. Sometimes you might, though. And, and I here, here's a sample, try it, and then once you've tasted it, we can talk about it because I want you to taste because your taste buds are different than mine. Right. right. And, you know, as anybody that knows me knows... I don't like Amarillo forward beers. I just don't. So to me, when you say, what does it taste like? I'm going to tell you it tastes like dish detergent. <laughs> that's what I get yeah. from Amarillo. And I, some people do, and a lot of people don't, and that's fine. But I don't want to put that notion in your head because then you're going to get it. And if you like Amarillo beers, I might be denying you something. So right. here, taste it. I don't want to tell you that it's got stone fruit in it. I want you to taste it and see what you get. So I, while I kind of appreciate where you're coming from, and that is a better descriptor than an IBU, mm-hmm. I don't want to color somebody's. But it's also different idea. with 36 taps versus eight. True. Like it's you know you've, That's true. you've got like a you've you've got a, a limited amount of things that people can can order. If somebody comes in and says, "Man, I like I like bitter hoppy beers," mm-hmm. this isn't going to be the one that You're, you give no, them. No, right? no, Even no. though right that now might be, be the one that they would night, order, right. and that's that's doing a disservice Which, to them. Yeah. yeah. Something rather than pissing. <laughs> we, could probably, we could probably just move to the next. <laughs> the, the awkward return from the edited out bathroom break. Yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> well, no. So the, ne- the next thing in the lineup that we have is the My Ex Blonde Ale. Oh, so you want to taste My Ex? <laughs> already have. <laughs> so tell us about your ex blonde ale. Uh, so basically, it's funny. Um, I had the idea for this beer a little while ago, and when I was and when I was going to make it, I wanted to call it Basic. However, <laughs> someone another brewery in Cincinnati yes, uh, beat me to the punch on that one. They did. Um, so I just kind of figured, and I actually ran this past my current girlfriend, and I was like, "Hey." Are you cool with uh, either naming it my ex? And I forget what the other one I was going to name it. Oh, Mainstream was the other name okay. I was going to call it. All right. Um, and basically it was just, you know, I looked at it as, you know, there's a lot of you know breweries doing, you know, um, blondes that have coffee flavors, this and that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, shit, they're doing coffee, but is anyone doing espresso and tiramisu? No. No. And then I thought it'd just be funny as shit if when people came in and like they didn't know what they wanted to drink, and just like I just did before, like, hey, you want a taste of my ex? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I just thought it'd kind of be kind of a funny thing. Um, I kind of want to say as an fu to uh, some other shit kind of going on in the industry, <laughs> but I don't want to say that right now. <laughs> I think it should. 
Yeah. All right. Fuck you, industry. No, I'm just kidding. I love you guys. Um, yeah, it was just something fun to do. It was something a little bit different. Um, you know, because... It's not what you expect. That's right. Damn sure. It's not at all what you expect. There's, there's again, a lot going on there. And I, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm curious if you put that beer in front of five people and just say, hey, here's our here's our blonde. Right. Let them taste it. And uh, all right, there's, what do you taste there? And see yes. kind of where people go right, with exactly. it in their head because... Mm-hmm. There, that's interesting. When I first tasted it, it came off um, like a fruity kind of citrus thing is where, where my mind went at mm-hmm. first. And um, it's not at all where it is now. It takes you through the full gamut. Yeah, because I, I feel like the first thing I thought was creamy. Yeah. And, you know, was kind of tasting that like uh, cream ale sort of thing. But then you get some of the flavors on the mm-hmm. back end. And you're, yeah. Okay, so it's a little different. But, um. You know, I you you could have easily called this. It's complicated, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> As well, which would tie into my ex. <laughs> exactly. <Damn it. laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. Love you, Court. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, baby. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, it was just like I said, it's just a fun beer to do, um, something a little bit different. And to be honest, it was like one of those days. And I know other breweries are a little bit different. Um, some people usually ask, like, you know, what kind of thought process do you put into your beers? And, you know, sometimes I'm like, you know, sometimes I put a week's work into it. And then other days I show up and I'm like, well, shit, what ingredients do I have? And I'm going to make this work. Um, and that's just kind of how I flow. Yeah, I, I love that you said that because that's very real. Yeah. And, and everybody does it. Oh, Not yeah. everybody admits it, but everybody yeah. does it. Yeah. Which is more fun for you, though. Because I feel like there's a personality thing there, too, of, yeah. of how... To be honest, I, it's hard to say which one's more fun. I feel like they're both equally fun because, like, the ones that I really plan and then like, they come out exactly the way I want them. Like, shit, this worked. Fuck yeah. Because, and then there's other ones where it's like, all right, well, I've got these grains. I've got these hops. I've got this yeast. Let's see what I can do, how I, how I can play in the yard, so to speak. So it's kind of like... Coming from the perspective of Cincy Brewcast, like, that's, you know, there's some shows that are, you know, planned out months in advance and I've got pages and notes and right. I haven't pulled up notes at all tonight. Like it's just kind of, we just drink and talk and that like, it's, it's kind of that same idea of right. what ingredients do we have and you just go with it versus right. the thing that it's, it's so planned out. And so yeah. uh, they're two well, different I, beasts. I actually different. did a little planning for this one. So there you well, go. I mean, I, at least someone did. I, yeah, did, I, mean, I did planning, <laughs> but not, it's not written out in front yeah. of me. Is what no, I know. I don't have notes in front of me either. But yeah, I actually did a little planning, which is very unusual for me. <laughs> so you're welcome. Thank you, by the <laughs> way. <laughs> Typically with, uh, with brewcast planning, my, my wife loves it because it involves me sitting around at home with an iPad and a bunch of beer and I'm drinking different beers and I'm, I'm, I'm I'm reading things, and then she's like, what are you doing? Oh, so I'm just working. I'm working. I'm working. Yeah. working. <laughs> just bring them up. Yeah. No, you're not. <laughs> I'm working. Absolutely. Working. I'm a, it's research. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I really dig that beer a lot. I think Thank it's, um, again, it's uh, kind of the same as the overpopulated. Yes. When I, I feel like I wouldn't order it walking in here, and I'm, I'm looking at the board, and it just says my ex Bondale. Yep. I'm not ordering that beer. Yeah. Right. But my God, that's good! Like there's there there's so much going on there. I, I, yeah, and I I'm the same way. I would not necessarily come in and order a Blondale just because I'm looking for some of your other stuff. Yeah. you know yeah. what I mean. Like I'm familiar with with you guys, so I'm going to look for something that either you know I want to try Darkest Night when it's on and, and different things like that. But 
I'm glad that we had this. Yes. Because it's different than what I expected. And that's always a reward to me to have right. my expectations of a beer. Again, goes back to the preconceived notion. Well, yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, there's nothing better than getting a beer at a brewery and, like, you take that first sip and, like, it, it makes you smile because it's, you know, it's like, oh, that's not what I thought it was. Or maybe you smile because, oh, my God, that's exactly what I thought it was. Like, right. it, you know, there's there. That that in the C-Town, that's your mix. Oh, you like that? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I can see that. I can definitely yeah. see that. No, that, that, that works. Yeah. Sorry. St- Sorry. Still, I didn't mean still, to interrupt. Sorry. Still yeah. about 60-40. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, but, you I, know, what's what's funny is, like, you know, you talk about, like, how things kind of come to fruition. And <clears throat> I don't know if it's just the family background, because I've come to find out that uh, my grandfather on my mom's side used to brew his own beer, make his own wine. Everyone on my dad's side has an artistic side to them. Like, my grandfather was more into engineering, electrical work, mechanic work, woodworking, stuff like that. He could also freehand draw. My dad is all into... That's Frank Cerniak. Frank. Um, <laughs> no names. No names. Um, but, like, you know, he, he was all about, like, um, graphic design. Well, before graphic design became graphic design. Uh, he was... I remember the first Apple computer he bought so that he can continue his work at um, uh, so he's a commercial design artist and stuff like that for advertising and uh, he still has that computer by the way it still <laughs> fucking works in fact he goes back to that computer That's to do funny. more complicated shit and then he transitions it over to his new stuff but anyway but you know like I just feel like you know, for me it's about art you know like whether it's something I'm putting pen to paper on or pencil to paper so to speak or whether it's going to my mash ton I'm just trying to be super creative, trying to think outside the box, and and almost to like what you guys are talking about. I'm trying to give you flavors just that you can't get at a bar down the street. You can't get those flavors maybe at another brewery, and that's something else that you know I'm actually a huge IPA fan. I love hoppy beers, but recently I kind of fallen out of love with them, only because I feel like, and not necessarily locally speaking, but like across the country, maybe locally speaking too. <laughs> I love all local Cincinnati breweries, but I kind of feel like a lot of the IPAs, even though they're saying it's this name or these, they all are starting to taste the same to a degree. And, and there's variances, but... And, you know, just playing devil's advocate and what a lot of these places would say is that's what is selling. That's what people want. That's what that's what we have to yeah. put on a shelf. That's what we have to do this. We have to do that. And, that. and that's why I do the complete opposite. That's why you have a <laughs> yeah. three-barrel brew house. That's right. In an industrial and, complex yeah. in Blue Ash. <laughs> and, and I never want to follow the norm because, okay, that might be the most popular thing today. And yes, are all breweries looking to try to make money, make a living? Yes, Absolutely. But for me, I don't have to rely just on the success of one beer, uh, mostly because I still have a day job. Um, <laughs> but, but because I again, it kind of ties back to like you know people love coming here because there's, there's something different, there's something unique, there's something that they're not going to taste anywhere else. And like I said before, like people ask me, are you going to do hazy IPAs? Are you going to do this? Are you going to do that? So you know, if it comes down to it, maybe if I decide to experiment, I will. Well, there's there's a lot about overpopulated that fits in with kind of that New England kind oh, yeah. of thing. Yeah, and actually, it's really funny. But so it's, that, but not that being still, said, it's not a not, New England. Yeah, no. I yeah. Mean, it doesn't all. have that that haze. It's not that well. That's thick. The, 
And the funny thing is, when the we body's first, very different. When yeah. I, when I first brewed that beer, it had a haze to it. I did that through temperature control. And obviously, since when you're working with temperature control, the, ha- the haze is going to fall out of the right. beer. So when we originally released it, the first two kegs were hazy as shit. Not gonna lie, mm-hmm. but then when it all fell out and it's all clear, I was like, okay, we're gonna have to go ahead and take the hazy off the board because it's not yeah. hazy anymore. Um, but but to your point though, it has some of those characteristics, some it, of those flavorings, but also at the same time, not. The, right. the, <laughs> this know? is for Larry Quants, if you're listening. It has the <laughs> anyway. IPA mouthfeel. Mm. <laughs> Love the mouthfeels. Yeah. <laughs> we got one more beer there. We do. This is, this is the, the darkest, the darkest night. Night. This would be your flagship. Yeah, this is our anniversary beer that we released for our two-year anniversary. Um, it had the same malt base. Uh, I did change the hop profile just very slightly, but it still has uh, some of the original hops in there. It's also infused with vanilla and cherry. as uh, pureed dark yes. cherries in there. Um, and it just kind of, yeah, I mean, it's oh, just... Yeah. Oh yeah, and very, <laughs> and very subtly done. Yes, and that's I, that's our style, though. Is right. like you know we try not, with the exception of Eddie Quist, we try not to uh, overpopulate, not overpopulate, overpopulate our beers uh, with some of those flavors. Because um, nine times out of ten, when we are injecting flavors into our beers, we are using uh, real organic ingredients and so we all know that when you're using real ingredients you're not going to get the same flavor profiles if you use like right. an extract or something like that so so i try to keep things subdued subtle so that way when you're drinking that beer it's okay you get that initial taste and then once you kind of swallow that beer and it's going over the back your taste buds and everything and all of a sudden it's like oh shit this is in that beer and this is in that beer um i call it the uh, the burp factor too <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah there's a whole other t- in the, that yeah. sounds disgusting when you talk about it but it's when, true though. when you when you burp right. after having a beer like there's a whole yeah, other flavor right. thing that happens that gets these other things that are in there um the way you use those adjuncts in there is uh, it's you talk about the art of making beer and that's that that's a perfect representation of it um Or sign See, language and yeah. internet. Yeah. We can just say it and then edit it out. It's I want number three. <laughs> <laughs> I do want number three. <laughs> But, um, but I also don't want to seem like a greedy son of a bitch because I want other people to get up here and drink number three. Yes. Come um, on, people. Come on, people. Where are you? Uh, but, you can't just sorry. say number three because nobody knows what you're talking about. Say the name. It's the theater of <laughs> I can't pronounce the ears. It. <laughs> I think it's, it's He's the, saying to come out and check out that Witwin. That Belgian thing. Witwin. 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 Did you say an H when you said whip? Say cool whip. Witwin. Witwin. Say whip. I'll say cool whip. 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 <laughs> yeah, this whole thing's getting edited out. Yeah. No, please keep <laughs> it in. I, I love cool whip. I, I won't be able to figure out where to edit and where not to edit. <laughs> this has to be up by Monday on a, on St. Patrick's Day weekend, which, by the way, if you're listening to this, this also is the weekend that Drinking with the Gnome launched. I have to promote that on the show because oh, we're drinking with the gnome. This one. Uh, we're drinking with the gnome. You are right drinking now. with the gnome. We right are now. drinking with the gnome. Um, that happened yesterday. If you're listening to this day, it launched. Um, and you should probably go on whatever like service you listen to podcasts well, on and subscribe to Drinking with the Numb. If you're gonna promote, go ahead and give us just a thumbnail 
what did you drink and I don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> I, the, for the for the this first show, I'm recording it on St. Patrick's Day, so oh, we nice. are exploring my bad, my bad, my bad. Uh, okay. drinking culture of St. Patrick's Day in Cincinnati and what that okay. means. So we're probably going to drink some green beer and do oh. that whole thing. But we're also hey, gonna hey. we're gonna dive in a little bit. But that's part of the culture of yeah, what, what just, happens just in the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, sure. We're we're probably gonna drink some whiskey too. Are you hey, let me ask you guys. Somewhere? We'll probably have a Guinness. Yeah, I'm a couple places. How, uh, how do you guys feel about glitter? <laughs> did you see Grainworks? I did. Uh, the green glitter beer. I did. I freaking love it. I think I, if I'm, you're gonna do a green beer, fucking well, put yeah. glitter in it. <laughs> well, and 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 I just want to say this, <laughs> Brian. I don't even know you. <laughs> I love you, Brian. I, I, just, I know you. I don't even personally. know you. I hope that somewhere After there is that, a person on he Sunday me, he vomiting green glitter, glitter beer. beer. <laughs> well, no. Hopefully it's coming out the one way and not the other way. He, yeah, he told me about that ahead of time. And I was like, really? You're killing me? It's absolutely I am, brilliant. <laughs> I am a 42-year-old man, and I fear glitter like I fear nothing else yes. in this world. You can't get because rid of you it. can't get rid of it. Yes, And thank there you. is no reason for a 42-year-old man who lives by himself to ever have glitter on him except for one. Well. And it's it's well, like you show up somewhere with glitter and people are like I know what you've been doing. Yeah, and exactly. I'm like, Princess birthday party. That's oh, right. Sorry. I've, oh, I, you I, have I a two. No, you have a two year old. I was with you. You have a two year old. You you have an excuse. I have a dog. Man, I'm I like yeah. You got a dog. Yeah, the dog. She's a princess. The dog wears glitter. A dog don't wear glitter. Wings. That for dog, Halloween. They, your dog has a cast. Your dog doesn't have glitter. That's a Daler dog. The oh, dog. that's the other dog. That's My the other bad. Dog. Yeah. We're off the rails. Yeah, we are. Just just subscribe to Drink with the Gnome because I we're we're gonna be we're gonna be at Nicholson's and we're gonna be at Dingle House and I'm, we're, nice, gonna, Dingle we're, gonna, House. we're gonna we're gonna showcase nice. St. Patrick's Day That's the solid. way that Cincinnati does St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, it's funny though. I had to throw the glitter out there. I mean, nothing against Grainworks. I love those guys. Absolutely. They're they're great friends of Absolutely. ours. Um, but uh, it's funny when uh, City Beat had reached out because you know we were amongst you know the top rated breweries in Cincinnati. We got a little write up, and I got to interject my little two cents onto it. And I just basically said, you know, if you're looking to come check us out, just understand that we're we're not glam, you know, glitz or glitter. You know, it's we're about solid beers. Um, so that's now on our Facebook. That's also on our website. So people fully understand because, like, I noticed. So I try not to look at reviews because sometimes you can really shoot yourself in the right. face over, and sometimes like, God damn, that was an awesome review. But and I know it's all subjective, but I felt like people just didn't know who we were, and they're expecting that big like brewery scene, brewery environment. And people would come here and, and just be like, oh, you know, it, it's the the tap room is more like a a break room or this. I was like, hey, you know what? Like, we're not we're not about trying to provide you with like some over the top hipster event space. Like, we're trying and, to give yeah. you a community space with solid and, beer. And the response that I get is, oh, it's really cool because of the tables and, and right. the tables just for people that haven't been. They're all shaped like Ohio. Mm-hmm. This is not a circular table. This is not a square table. This is a very unique, handmade product. It's a little awkward to podcast around, though. I will say that. Well, just because we sat yeah, the but, wrong group but of I tables. Mean, how many people come up and podcast <laughs> other than you? 
<laughs> yeah, True. I think I'm the only nut. Yeah, in probably, probably nobody. So, I mean, that's a very you know, and you all know. of our our pallet furniture, like we right. literally made all that stuff ourselves. Um, we didn't just go to. Like, At the same time, if somebody gets on Yelp or whatever place that people write reviews and says, "Oh, I went there and their furniture was made out of pallets," and yeah, you, yeah, you can, <laughs> you can that's, that's awesome. cool. Yeah. Again, just uh, for us, we're just really trying to tie back to community. We want to give people a stage, you know, whether it's for like building blocks for kids, Ronald McDonald House, or if it's local artists, musicians. And we really have ramped up our music scene uh, this year uh, compared to last year. And I mean, one of the bands that we're going to have, uh, I'm going to say tomorrow, and you're not really going to know what that means, <laughs> listeners. But it's, it's, it it's, means until day. Yeah, but basically, uh, so. Uh, 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 what day is St. Patrick's Day on the 17th? So March 16th, so tomorrow. Uh, we're going to have Blueprint. Uh, so they played here before. Uh, they were actually featured on uh, Local Homegrown on 96.5. Uh, they're coming back uh, for tomorrow night. And then actually uh, on April 20th, they're going to be doing their uh, record release party here. That one people can still make it to. Yeah, they can still in the future. Yeah. In the future, future. Exactly. Re- record store day, right? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, I mean, it. We're really just, again, like I said, we worked with Blessed Black. We worked with Greyhost. We worked with Highly Likely. We've got Hillary Hahn coming in. Uh, I'm going to say tonight. Again, you're not going to know what that means, but that's basically March 15th. Uh, she's coming in. Um, and like I said before, we're really trying to give a stage. And we know that some other you know breweries and bars, they have local bands, this and that. But I would argue that with the exception of some of the local bars, not a lot of people are really giving a stage to the local artists. Right. Um, I mean, we're local artists, you know, from the brewery side, from the actually art side. Um, so, of course, I would want to try to tie that into what we do. Um, and it's funny because, you know, I talked to Cody from Blueprint after their first set and I was, that they played here. And I straight up said to him, I was like, hey, man, you guys killed it. You guys are awesome. If you want a home, let us know. Or if you need help or anything like that. And he's like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, for example, we are actually going to brew a beer for them for their record release party. Awesome. But I was like, you know, any exposure that you're looking for, or even if it's something simple where I'm sharing your stuff on my personal page and on our brewery page, just to get you some more exposure. Like, we're just trying to help you guys grow and get an audience. Just keep building some kind of community around. Right everything exactly because like and and i I straight up told him like i know how hard it can be like you know we're trying to grow an audience we're trying to get our name out there and and we just want to give back and and help people do the same things that we're trying to do and you know everybody we've ever come across though has been awesome you know i mean from the musicians to folks like yourselves um to other brewers other breweries um suppliers vendors once you kind of help them understand what you're trying to accomplish, then they start to realize, oh, so you're not necessarily in it for the money. And it's like, well, actually, uh, <laughs> no. Because... <laughs> uh, it would be nice, yeah. but... Because, <laughs> um, you know, and, you know, just so... I mean, I'm sure you guys are aware, but so the listeners are aware, like, Justin and myself, we don't pay ourselves from the brewery. Whatever money we make, we try to reinvest, whether that's going to be putting more live shows on. These are two of the hardest working dudes in the industry, and I can say that for a fact because they both have day jobs that they work 40-plus hours a week, and then they're still here all the time. This is actually the first time I've ever been in this taproom that Justin wasn't here. Right. And I dare say that that man puts in 40-plus hours at both jobs every week. So 
you know, when you're coming here, you're really supporting local people who are doing this out of love, not just it's my neighborhood brewery or not just it's another brewery. I mean, this is a very much a labor of love, and I think it shows in the atmosphere that you get in the tap room and the music program is a part of that. Right. right. 100%. Where does it go from here? What's oh. the future have in store for Queen City? You know, I think you asked me that the last time you were here, mm-hmm. and I said, I don't know. <laughs> and... I feel like I'm still going to lean on on the we, I don't know. We didn't dig into the new branding. We didn't. Uh, no. There's kind of a fresher look coming to things. Uh, yes. Again, mm-hmm. we, we, we did kind of talk about kind of figuring out who you are over right. time. And I feel like that's being defined a little bit and um, focused on a little bit more than maybe it was able to at the beginning. And Yeah. And, and there's actually going to be a lot of changes. Hopefully we can get some of those accomplished this year. If not, it'll probably spill over a little bit into early uh, 2020. Um, but, you know, for us, it's, it's really just, uh, again, about providing an atmosphere for folks that really enjoy craft beer. Or, or even if they don't necessarily, like, that's the shtick. Like, they're not necessarily going for the craft beer. But it's still in an environment where people can actually, again, just be comfortable. It's not something where you're having to shout over each other to try to hear each other. Or anything along those lines. Um, yeah, the branding did change a little bit um, during year two, and especially this year. Um, we did change our logo. Uh, we're probably still going to keep the old logo around a little bit for some of our older or original beers, so to speak. Like what Andy's rocking right now, the original. Um, the new logo is just more, I don't want to say simplified, because there's actually a lot of no, complex ideas going into the logo, but it's an easier logo to brand with. Um, you know, for us, <laughs> as I was actually talking to Andy before, when we were actually thinking about names uh, for the brewery, you know, yeah, we settled. I don't want to say settled. That sounds wrong. But, you know, we, we went with Queen City. But before that, you know, there were so many ideas being tossed around. One of them was the Seven Hills, which is actually one of our beers, Seven Hills Highlander Scotch Ale. Um, so in the new logo, we've actually incorporated the Seven Hills into the design. So there's seven points in there. Um, it also represents a hop. So... If, if you are in the industry, even though I know our logo doesn't say Queen City Brewery, it only says Queen City, <laughs> but I would also argue if you look at our logo, how you can, can see you see the hop? Right. How can you not, sure. how can you not identify and, it with the brewery yeah, and, scene? And you look and you see the, the spirit of water in the middle and the other buildings from downtown around it and then seven points on the hop. And, mm-hmm. you know, my, I, I immediately go seven hills of Cincinnati and you're like, yeah, it, yeah, you nailed it. And uh, <laughs> it, it looks, smoother and it's a really cool design and i'm going to be rocking that one yeah there's there's a lot going on on it it's it's a it's it's a neat logo it very much so and and there's and there's going to be other changes too coming up i mean we're still decided we're still torn and i'm going to be completely honest with the listeners you know some people ask hey do you really want to push distribution like what do you guys mindset this and that it's like they're really for a small brewery Unless you're a ten barrel or larger, distribution just does not make sense. However, uh, Justin and I are toying with the idea of incorporating a uh, manual canning line, so we can at least do some six packs and four packs and get some branding out there. Um, the staple beers, uh, which we will eventually figure out, <laughs> um, those will come in like the six packs with the same branding, and it'll kind of be like looking like some of those other designs that you see some of those other breweries where it's like, hey, it's just a simple logo, and they you know, Sharpie in, like the ABUs, the mm-hmm. name and stuff like that, or IBU, sorry, and ABVs. Um, 
but then we're also are going to do some specialty like a kutayuk i mean i've already drawn up a logo for it um rings of saturn uh to the which folks is coming back yeah which is coming back um which is actually it's funny as voted by uh some of our followers on facebook and you know, we put out there hey what would you like to see come back and unanimously you, you guys wanted rings of saturn so we're going to bring that guy back uh so i've already been working on a logo on that one as well so if we do venture into the canning granted you can only buy them here but we're not going to do you know can release parties and stuff like that um we just want to still be casual. We don't want to have like people you know, like punching each other in the face to try to get a, a can of beer. I'm going to punch somebody in the face. I'm going to punch people in the face regardless. <laughs> yeah. Even That's if just, I don't have to. Even right? if I don't like, like, how, how do you say hi? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, so like uh, Rings of Saturn is coming back, and I'm, I am actually focused on trying to create um, just different beer designs and logos for those individual one-offs and stuff like that. So, I mean, a lot of the stuff that some of our regulars that come in and see or maybe some of those one-offs that see us maybe once a month or something like that, there's going to be some changes coming through here, even in the tap room itself. Um, Justin and I feel like, you know, it's about time that we do a little facelift here. We're finding a position where there's some things that we can do. Uh, there's still some things that we can't do. I know some people are like, oh, well, those lights, man, your lights suck. I'm like, whatever, man. Like, it's beer. <laughs> I mean, we, we unscrewed a whole bunch of bulbs for you guys, made it a little bit darker. Um but so like you know yeah everybody looks better yeah, 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 yeah I know right few beers yeah few, few beers few and, beers, and low make light. a little bit darker it's, yeah it's much better yeah I'm damn near pretty right now that's all need to unscrew a couple more bulbs really. <laughs> yeah two more bulbs and I'm pretty yeah but we're <laughs> but um but you know moving forward like in the tap room uh, I know we kind of had like a like a hodgepodge of different stuff like Cincinnati themed stuff. And some of that stuff might be going to the wayside, and we're going to have more of an identified look um, where you're going to see our logo more so like on the walls and the space and everything along those lines. And, and even the entryway is going to change a little bit, make it, I don't want to say it's not inviting, I'm not saying it's not inviting, but make it a little bit more inviting to, to folks when they first walk in. Because um, I, I, even though it doesn't really affect me or bother me, but I am kind of tired of people when they're like, oh, yeah, you know, the beer is good, but the bar stools, they're uncomfortable. And I'm, and I'm like, I argue. Bar stools are no, way better than half the bar stools around town. Yeah, and, and that's what I say. It's like, tell no. me another fucking brewery that oh, is giving shit. you padded fucking bar stools when you're padded at the bar. bar. They're, they're not that generic plastic. Yeah, no. Yeah. Anybody that says that, give them my, my mail or something. I'll argue. <laughs> that's bullshit because my fat ass sits on enough bar stools I, I got there are some really crappy bar stools around there town are. So yeah, there are like everybody ordered the same thing and they go the oh, stool yeah, yeah the stool. that stool it's the that aluminum no back it's that aluminum stool yeah you know it's the same one no yeah. back it's got and that little hand yeah. hole in the middle yeah to move them around and stuff like that. It's like, we got padding on our stools. You can in sit here for hours in a back. In a back. And a decent back, not that little like little six lip. inches above that hurts the seat. Anyway, yeah. not not that hurts. That I lean back and then I'm on the ground, <laughs> right. and people are like, "Why is he on the ground?" And they had no back, you yep. know. I'm, stool fooled me. <laughs> that's right. That's right, listeners. We I've often get out, fooled by the stool. I've been outsmarted by a stool. Shit. That's a perfect way to end this show. I've been outsmarted <laughs> by a stool. <laughs> 
What's going on, my tombstone? Thank you guys now. very much thanks, for thanks having us back Jason. out. Hey, thanks I for coming out, guys. Appreciate it. it. Guys, just, this, I, I want to say before we get off the air, this is absolutely one of my favorite breweries to come to and hang out at. So if you've been here, come back. And if you haven't been here, get here. Yeah, that's the get here. Even if you've been here, just get, get here. here. So. We'll say hi. <laughs> I might make you a beer. <laughs> <laughs>